0: Hello and welcome to Inspiring Ideas podcast. Uh, In this episode, we've got a very interesting guest. Uh, He is a founder of Coaster, which is a mobility tech startup and looking to reimagine the car rental sector using technology innovation. He used to work with PwC Consulting as an enterprise architecture uh, head and he has also worked previously with the Royal Bank of Scotland in their strategy and architecture team. He's got varied experience across banking, payments, insurance, retail, education, and technology sectors. Welcome Biswajit Kundu Roy. How are you today?
1: Hi, Madhu. Hi, Abhi. Uh, great to have been on this uh, Inspiring Ideas podcast. Uh, first of all, it's a great initiative and thank you again for having me. Uh, it's a great start to the sun- Saturday as well. So I'm looking forward to kind of having an
0: engaging conversation. Pleasure is ours, uh, to be honest. Thank you so much, Vis. And let's start with your life journey and, and the passion for technology, the architecture. So could you talk about um, your uh, life journey, please, Vis?
1: Absolutely, I'm no, happy to. So uh, I think um, I'll, I'll probably start from right at the beginning, right? So um, I'm a software engineer by background. It was uh, I did my engineering back in um, 20, 2008 uh, in Bangalore or completed it rather. I worked with Gemini for a few years uh, with them and uh, more as a kind of software engineer. But even as I was, um, you know, writing code or developing something um, for customers or clients, there was always the desire to really understand where this technology is really making an impact or influencing the lives of others. So I still remember this regular discussions with, um our business analyst in the team and i would be like very very curious like why am i writing this code you know what is this doing and so that kind of led me to really explore the idea of going beyond because i didn't want to be just a you know software programmer uh, writing code and not understanding what my work is uh, causing an influence in other people's lives so Um, In 2010, I decided to move to the UK uh, to do my master's. Um, I did uh, my studies in um, MSc in business and management from Strathclyde University and following that I went and joined uh, RBS um, and in their technology grad scheme. That's where I met you, Madhu, um, (laughs) 10, 10 years ago, a long time. Um, and then working again with, with RBS, I slowly made my move to the strategy and architecture team. And I think that's mm-hmm. where my foundations of being a technologist who understands business and used, utilizes technology to solve business problems started. Um, because I used to have this regular kind of engaging conversations within the team and with various people in the bank about why this technology is important. How do we solve uh, you know, a, a business problem using technology? And um, I think at some point I realized that's the intrinsic part of my own um, what do you call skills or uh, my own um, interest, which I'm a problem solver by nature. And uh, I think technology and kind of thinking about ideas and trying to put pieces of puzzle together comes naturally to me. So. Um, I then went on to join PwC, who kind of headhunted me uh, for a role, and stayed with them for about six and a half years, and and build up myself um, to become kind of the uh, leader of enterprise architecture within the within the uh, PwC community. But it's always been the kind of passion of really trying to solve business problems. Because I remember my time with with clients working, you know, and Sometimes even been traveling from, yeah, between different countries, with different cities, trying to um, spend time with them, trying to understand the business impact, et cetera. And, um, but it has always been about really trying to get to the bottom of how do I solve this problem, you know, um, for the user, for the customer using technology. And mm. at some point then, you know, it naturally transitioned into Coaster because, you um, through coaster, I'm trying to solve a problem for myself. I'm, I'm quite a regular uh, traveler, uh, you know, for holidays, for leisure, and and for um, work as well. And I regularly rent cars um, um, when I'm whenever I'm traveling. And the painful friction in the whole process and the in, in the whole journey just made me think like this is a big problem. <clears throat> Everyone is facing it. How do I get to the bottom of it? And in that pursuit, I think, um, you know, the whole coaster journey started. And I would say it still goes back to my kind of intrinsic nature is I'm really trying to solve this problem. And I feel Mm -hmm. technology can really play a huge difference. Um, And that's what Coaster is about, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, before we jump on to Coaster, I just had a wonderful question regarding the passion that you had on Mm -hmm. architecture, the passion that you had on the business problem that you're going to solve. So I think that two different things altogether. One is the domain and the other one is the technology. So there are a lot of grads uh, coming into the market. You know, they've got different and varied levels of technology. Acumen. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give them? Because is strategy and architecture the only place to go or you can still have the business acumen and understand a little bit of technology so that you are, you're not left alone in the room that you're talking, you know, in, in the room. So can you give some advices on that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I say the same thing to our technology and, and product team as well, which is uh, you know, our, our um, motto is uh, think like a, if you're a product manager, you need to think like a developer. And if you're a developer, you need to think like a product manager. Because at the end of the day, you have to understand the context of what you're building and developing, right? So, um, I mean, the advice is quite uh, Simple um, and and at least that's how I like to always keep it, because often you will find that in the world of you know business and technology, people are always talking about complexity. You know, there's so much complexity here; it is very hard, very difficult. Actually, sometimes you just have to step away and look at the bigger picture, right? And that's what enterprise architecture is always about: looking at the bigger picture and when you step away kind of uh, from that kind of noise and complexity, you start to make the connections. Um, that's what I regularly try and do. I remember this one um, kind of uh, project I was working uh, while I was at PwC where we were d- doing a uh, merger and acquisition. I was helping with a, a you know, carve out and um, it, it was a kind of an insurance uh, you know, client and I was working with them, trying to help them understand how to move away from their uh, existing kind of processes, technology structure to the new world. And I, they kept telling me about this complexity, you know, legacy. And and I'm sure you'll be familiar as well, you know, coming from banking world, it's pretty much the same. But when you start to step, take a step back and really think about what you, what does the business want to achieve, you know, how can we solve that? And um, then the pieces of the puzzle starts to become much more easy. And that's what kind of, as an enterprise architect, I felt the tools and the structure and the framework really helps. And believe it or not, like even again, going back to Coaster, the first thing um, uh, I did with uh, kind of my, my founding team member was to draw this kind of architecture of how we think the Coaster product would look like. And this was done three years back and we still refer to it. I believe me, like we are still developing
0: on that vision. and yeah. so having that big picture is very, very important, going back to why we do what we do, Simon Sinek. Good one. one, good one Biz.
2: That's, that's fantastic, Bis. Uh Biz, I just want to understand and talk more from a mindset perspective. Now when I look at your career, you've worked in you know architecture, consulting and all that. And now now I imagine then there was a moment in your life that decided, I want to start a company. And startup world is you know is crazy and scary as well. We hear all the stories that ninety five percent of startups fail. I would like you to share what was uh, you know your mindset or what were you thinking when you decided that I want to take this plunge and start a company. Um, it's, it's a very uh, good question, uh, Avi, and I think
1: uh, you know I'll go back to the kind of whole world of complexity and scary because I think. We hear a lot about these things and sometimes um, it starts to create mind blocks and barriers in people's mind to to take the next step, take the plunge. Um, I, I guess some of it is uh, what you, you can control. And going back to my own kind of days, um, I think I just decided, what do I feel passionately about? You know, what do I care enough to actually spend, uh, I don't know, 24 hours in a day if I have to? Right, And I think finding that idea and the the thing you feel passionate about is the first thing in that step. If you have found that, then all of the things naturally align because then you're no longer worried about the risk and other because you're really passionate about it. So to any entrepreneur trying to make that step, I think the first thing is find what you're passionate about, I would advise. And then once you have found it, don't worry about the risk. I think um, you you need to take the plunge um in addition to kind of managing that what I would say is don't spend or they shouldn't spend a long time trying to develop the perfect product I think that's what mm-hmm. one of the things we did in coaster as well we, we we are all about kind of bite-sized um innovation right so um we try to get things early to the customer try and really test it out test out the idea so uh, we did the same thing with our product we didn't want to wait to build the perfect product it was like uh, However, I, I used to call it the ugly baby when it went to the customer yeah. to try it, but we weren't scared because we had those customers who were prepared to make that effort with us. And and I think co-creation is a huge, huge opportunity in, in, in the product development uh, and, and kind of startup sector. There's a lot of customers who actually have pain points, you know, or users, they would like to co-create. You know, Everyone wants to be heard. So if you create the right opportunities for co-creation, then it allows you to innovate faster because then you can get something to the hands of the user. And that's where you get feedback and create the feedback loop. That's what we do on a day-to-day basis at Coaster.
0: I think those, those two are uh, some of the great points that you mentioned about uh, co-creation and then uh, fail fast. Um, in terms of uh, the customers and acceptability, there could be a number of challenges in itself because you you took the bold step of giving the ugly baby. You know? How do you know that customers are going to just throw it out or they're going to embrace the baby, dress it up and, and make it neat? So yeah. what are the challenges that you faced uh, from a customer perspective and also from a team perspective? So yeah. how do you know that you're going to what are the key tells that you're succeeding yeah i think the first thing in that pro journey and the process is
1: not to be afraid right mm-hmm. and um afraid of failure for, for 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 that matter i think i picked this up um quite well when i was, I was a part of this um group where we went to silicon valley uh, it was called the silicon valley accelerator program and it was like a mm-hmm. Um, two weeks uh, or 10 days in, in the Silicon Valley meeting different kind of companies, people from different companies and really learning about their culture. Right? And I went up to uh, meet some people in Facebook as part of that. And um, what I heard was incredible because uh, you know, in Facebook, again, uh, what they tend to do is they celebrate or rather they openly talk about failures right mm-hmm. they encourage people to go and talk about failures so that they can learn from it and they're they're encouraged not to worry and and fear failure uh, but what they do encourage is fail fast right so I think we we that's the first uh, thing that we need to understand is um, take the fear factor out um, first of all and go and try it out we'll never know what the customer will like or not like unless we have actually asked the customer um, so that's what the first kind of you know step in the process. Secondly, um, it's how you position it, right? So, and this is this goes back to my own PwC days of you know consulting, and I think the best thing we we have found is again a the co creation approach where you have almost contracted with the user to say, look, yeah. it's not going to be uh, pretty. It's going to be lots of defects, lots of bugs potentially. Um, but, you know, as long as you're prepared to come with us into that journey, we will get this to you early so we, you can be part of the co-creation. And that has a powerful effect because people then go, okay, yeah, fine. I mean, you know, I don't mind. And as soon as they've said, I don't mind, then you know that it's not going to be a failure because mm-hmm. then, uh, they are going to be open to the idea of having something crude in their hands. And and then the final thing is the learning aspect, I would say, like, you know, you have to learn. Like if you repeat the same mistakes again and again, um, one of the things I will tell you about ours is our product development process has, you know, also improved and streamlined again and again. Like initially there were used to be lots of bugs when you, uh, we release something. Now we don't. Like we, one of the things we have done over the last six months uh, or sort of from beginning of this year is any any uh, code that goes into production, for example, goes through a thorough. Check and it is always going to be bug free. We won't release anything until they are bug free.
2: This I've seen. Looking at your uh, LinkedIn profile, I've seen that you work with some really big multinational companies, right? And when you work with multinational companies, you know you got a little bit more funds to play with, right? You got a bit more flexibility, and then you jump into the startup world, right? What adjustments you uh, were required to make uh, so that you know you can be successful in a completely new role? Yeah, well, starting from not having an office in the
1: first place, um, (laughs) place. but uh, incidentally, the pandemic really helped in that because then you didn't need an office at all. So everything was virtual. Um, But uh, it's a great question, Avi, because I think um, the fundamentals of a startup is you have limited or no resource sometimes. And you have to manage and kind of still advance and meet milestones, goals, traction with that limited resource. So um it's it's an ever and uh, continuous battle um i think most of my time and uh, you know energy goes into how we we continue to progress with that kind of limited re- resource cash flow uh, if you speak with any startups you know that will sit on the top priority and and kind of focus for any entrepreneur uh, you have to make sure that you have enough cash to carry on going and do do what you want um, Going back to kind of the startup journey, though, um, I think the first step in, in that process that we went through in Coaster was we bootstrapped. So mm-hmm. um, I think a large part of a year or more than a year, um, uh, me, Rishab, who's our um, head of technology based in Bangalore, um, uh, Lee and a few others, uh, uh, you know, we just bootstrapped uh, you know, without spending any money. It was more about spending the effort and energy. Um, we tried to push uh, the MVP into the market as much as possible. Uh, we went and spoke to customers on our own time. Some of us were still, you know, doing two jobs almost. You know, we were still working. Um, me, I was working with PwC. Rishabh was working with BT. Uh, Lee was working with his kind of former employer employers. But we were doing this on this kind of sides. And then once we realized that, yes, this is a Viable idea. We had some, you know, early adopter adopters um, or customers were prepared to co-create with us. Uh, we spent some time kind of interviewing them, designing some prototype. Um, we then went on to actually raise a little bit of money and then uh, get that kind of developed and into the market. So. The moral of the story is, uh, first of all, you, you need to break your kind of life cycle um, of, of uh, resources or, or milestones rather. And on those milestones, you have to plan your resources. And then, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, as you continue to hit those milestones, I think you'll be able to raise more money, funding, more, uh, you know, get more resources to deliver the next milestone, right? And and we saw that, for example, the Amazon, Amazon are a great company for that matter. And, um, uh, you know, they did the hard work and the heavy lifting in, you know, uh, planning and executing the nuts and bolts with the smaller uh, SME um, marketplace, you know, SME owners. And that resulted in a really streamlined marketplace, uh, online marketplace for them.
2: So you talked yeah. about building a foundation and, uh, you know, sometimes you require mentors to help you with that. Do you have any mentors uh, that are helping you in this process? Oh, they're, they're... And how did you find them? There
1: are plenty, and uh, I think, again, as an entrepreneur, there the are two things you will always have to do is, you know, build your network and always listen to them, right? And yeah, listening is key here. Um, and people will, you know, give you advice, give you um, ideas, give you mentorship, um, and sometimes, you know, they can be harsh as well, And mm-hmm. but you have to just take them on and really learn from it. Um, also, the ability to actually Take the right advice uh, is also important because um, you know every every others every other person's experience is shaped uh, or their or kind of their ideas are shaped by their experience, right? Also, they may have a different point of view. And again, it's not about being right or wrong; it's about really understanding what's relevant. So, uh, for me, I think I, I speak with so many people, and even at the starting of the company, I think. Uh, Just in the ideation phase, I think I spoke to about 150, 200 people just to share what I was thinking, get their kind of, you know, um, feedback on it, Um, even if they're not in the sector, have no clue about what I was talking about. It was just good to hear those cold, um, you know, point of views and then learn from that process, you know, refine, innovate, refine, innovate. And finally... Um, as we have started on this journey, what I try and do is um, have a good set of uh, advisors, mentors, uh, a support mechanism, um, and they don't always have to have a, have a formal role either. Right? We, we in, for example, in Coaster, we have the uh, non-execs who are kind of our more formal advisors to the board, to the strategy. We have a set of other advisors as well, you know, from the industry or from for a funding side of things. Um, so, and then there are personal mentors or advisors who I speak with because it's easy for me to go and, you know, speak with them about what's going on. Um, the other network which I try to build is just peer network, you know, um, finding people who are in a similar or similarish journey with me and uh, being able to go and talk to them. I've, I've got quite a few good friends um, who are also kind of, you know, CEOs of startups. And it's great to kind of go and speak with them o- over a pint of beer, discussing strategy. I can't emphasize enough the n- importance of networking um, mm-hmm. yeah. for every reason. And uh, not just to, you know, raise money and raise investors, but also partnerships and, uh, you know, getting your word, your brand out there. And uh, I think, you know, again, looking or taking, taking a step back, I I feel like I've spoken with 1,000 people
0: in the last three years. <laughs> that's that's the kind of network I had to build. You've um, always been uh, pretty much outspoken, outgoing, and talking to people, learning about feedback and all that. So I can vouch for that. <laughs> Wonderful. And keep going. Thank you, Madhu. about the team, uh, uh, Bis? So I'm sure you must have some pretty high standards in terms of getting your team. So how do you frame, you know, this is what I need uh, from a job description perspective. And, and how do you map the qualities of people who are coming in for the interviews, et cetera, to say, hey, this person will definitely suit uh, the culture uh, and the way that they're going to travel with the vision in mind. They're going to be with us. So it's like, it's, it's like a partnership, the way that you're selecting your partner. For yes. your life and Tumaris. something similar exactly yeah. is what you're going to do with your uh, team so talk us through about the process uh, in terms of generic process that you look at and also the qualities
1: absolutely um i, I think uh, it's an ever-changing um uh, what do you call process first of all because i think again going back to avi's point you know limited resources like right? you may want to hire the best uh, talent in the world but Often you don't have the money for it, so um, I think uh, coming back to your question, uh, Mazu, the first thing we we did, and this is, this goes back to the founding team as well, uh, me, Rishab, and uh, Lee, and others. Um, um, I think we hold the culture of the company very strongly, or uphold rather, and this was one of the first things we kind of um, almost coded uh, or codified and and really thought about what type of company do we want to be right and we spend a lot of time talking about it as well internally um, Mm -hmm. within the leadership team as well as with the wider team. Um, Small things uh, for example um, I think back in 2019 when we first raised our fund like our pre-seed funding we had a strategy away in um, December where we brought together the leadership team and a few of the kind of advisors, non-execs. And we just sat down and you know, thought about what do you want to become as a company? You know, we talked about being a kind of innovation and, and forward-looking, forward-thinking first. We wanted to, uh, to focus on partnerships because I think um, when we talk about our customers, they're actually partners for us rather than customers. Um, they are going to be part of, us, uh, of our journey as well being open and transparent, first of all, and I think in this industry, especially in mobility and car rentals, transparency is a big issue, and we really want to uphold that. Um, And then we wanted to talk about uh, being culturally inclusive and uh, value diversity, and and finally kind of being commercial, um, which often a lot of startups are are trying to figure out how to become commercial as well. these are some of the values that, uh, or, or the culture um, or aspects that we codified for Coaster, and then we went and started speaking about it and Im- embedding that into our day-to-day, you know, lives, day-to-day processes, um, you know, how we communicate with each other. Um, so coming back to the transparency bit, um, for example, um, I have been running, or we have been running this um, bi-monthly all hands on the deck. Call, right? And uh, in that uh, kind of hour every two weeks, we just talk about everything with everyone. Like right? there's nothing hidden, you know, where, where are we with funding to, you know, which customers we have won or lost. Everything is out there for people to really understand. And I think what that starts to create a is confidence um, in, in, in the leadership team, uh, you know, and, and they see us as people who are ready to share and be open. And accessible as well. Secondly, it gives them the big picture. um, And and then finally, the alignment to the culture. So that's kind of how we talk about culture in in, in the company. And the second bit on the recruitment side of things, I guess, uh, it's always very hard. I mean, uh, (laughs) I know. We have uh, have taken, I mean, especially in this year, for example, we have um, started to embed some of our uh, kind of um, human resources and human capital. Um, processes and thinking as well, um, especially in recruitment and, and ca- talent recruiting. But we do emphasize quite a lot on those values, like especially uh, when we are interviewing, we are trying to understand cultural fit first. Um, if you may be the greatest, you know, um, or the ba- best software developer or engineer in the market, but if you don't have cultural alignment, we don't want you to come and join because it's, it it only creates more disruption. Exactly. So uh, we do uh, place a lot of emphasis on cultural fit in the in the interviewing. And uh, do we get it right all the time? We don't. Um, you know, we have had to kiss a few frogs before we found our uh, thing. But once we have them, we I think I personally put a lot of effort in retaining them. Um, and for us, you know, we want to invest in their growth alongside the growth of the company. Uh, which could mean several ways, uh, you know, in terms of giving them a career path, in terms of giving them sometimes even, sh- um, you know, options to the to in in our shares options in the company to retain talent. So this is a huge focus area for Coaster. Where if you are really good, um, you know, we we'll, we make equal investment and commitment towards their um, career growth in the company.
2: So in terms of building the team. Just one quick question: Is that post-pandemic, where people are working from home? How are you taking this change? Like in like it's maybe when, you know, when you're in office, you can do certain things, you can do certain rituals and events, and now people are working from home. How, how have you adjusted to that?
1: Uh, it, it, is, it is a really great question, Avi, because for us, the pandemic didn't make any difference. We were always a mm-hmm. virtual team. Um, okay. You know, ground up when we were building the, the kind of uh, coaster team, um, I was in Edinburgh, Rishab was in Bangalore, so okay. there was no chance of actually having a, you know, in-person office uh, type of environment, right? And so we just built teams which are virtual, and if they happen to be in the same location, great, they can meet up in kind of a small local uh, context, but um, I think we encourage more virtual teaming, um, and more and more, in fact, we have been trying to do that. A good example is in sales, for example, right now. Um, you know, a lot of the sales team was in, in the UK. Um, or has been till now, but right now we are exploring the idea of um, having people in India, for example. So we've done our first hire. Um, Nadeem, who has come in and um, we are looking to build a sales team in India, uh, who would uh, be working with the sales team in, in, in the UK to... Not to sell in India, to sell in the UK uh, and, and globally, right? So I think, you know, pandemic has, uh, if anything, helped us our context because there is no need for actually having physical offices in, in
0: place. Great answer as usual. Uh, Bis, I think we talked the philosophies of uh, Coaster, the work culture, the way that, uh, you know, you shaped your career, founded Coaster and all that. Now, coming back and shifting our focus to technology, let's talk about Coaster's technology. Let's talk about um, the current state of it. And uh, let's also talk about the future.
1: I think, um, where do I start? Uh, Where we are today um, is Coaster is trying to do the foundational aspects, as I was talking about. So. First of all, let me tell, tell you what Coaster is, right? I think for yeah. people who are listening uh, to this uh, podcast. So Co- at Coaster, we are trying to uh, disrupt the world of car rentals and mobility um, by providing more uh, technology, enabled innovation to, to the sector, to the users. Um, and we focus a lot on the SME, uh, independent car rental businesses so that we can enable them and also help them kind of be more future ready. Um, in, in future, this also gives us the opportunity to kind of create a more scalable solution where we can uh, use the network effect to drive more competition and, um, you know, connect the, the smaller businesses in the market um, and sort of the, like the Amazon model, build a marketplace or a, or a supply network which can act as a, a supply chain to where the demand is. Um, and that's kind of, um, kind of the end-to-end vision of, of Coaster um where we are in that journey today is um uh, we we have a software as a service platform which is a digital car rental management platform it's a um kind of advanced product based compared to what is available in the in the market today um simply because what we have done is instead of you know having small siloed functionalities uh, which a lot of the uh, competition provides today we have streamline all of that and build one single one-stop-shop platform. Um, Now, the benefits of that are many folds. One, um, from a cost perspective, now our users don't have to spend in three or four different technology providers. Secondly, everything is integrated, which means um, we can deliver more end-to-end automated processes, more end-to-end digitization of the business. And uh, one of the main goals is to you know, make car rentals paperless. Um, if you have ever rented cars you will find you know the first thing is too much paper you know rental agreements uh, uh, this uh, insurance insurance everything is like lots of lots of paper paperwork. We have streamlined all of those and you know anyone using the coaster platform everything is electronic you know, um, there's no need for paperwork at all or paper. Um, And then there are lots of opportunities we have created because everything is integrated. So a lot of new ways of delivering the same old activities. And this is where we focus quite a lot on, which is uh, trying to understand the outcome of a business and trying to design it with the best user experience so that um, it's no longer kind of convoluted um, and and limited by kind of legacy processes. So those are the kind of things we, we deliver in terms of benefits. And and finally, I think this is where the coaster approach is so different in the market. Is we call ourselves connected ecosystem uh, platform. What I mean by that is we are actually open to the idea of working with other, uh, you know, solution providers and bringing all of that to our customers in a single integrated, joined up fashion, uh, rather than trying to compete uh, with them. And for that, you know, we have made uh, quite a lot of headway in, you know building integrations with the likes of stripe for example for digital payments which gives our customers a whole array of you know taking payments in different modes um, also selling online for that matter Um, we are working with a company called smart car for delivering connected uh, vehicles technology and smart car effectively are a us-based company and a partner of ours who um, they, they, they have built the kind of uh, plumbing to all the uh, major uh, automobile manufacturers so that we can access um, the vehicle through the APIs. So what that means that now instead of needing a hardware to do things like keyless entry to the vehicle, and we are quite uh, you know, well-placed and unique that way, we can offer it through a um, software-only solution using the smart car platform. And then f- the future for, for uh, Costa really is, is very, very exciting because going back to the kind of foundations, once we build a foundation which is the connected ecosystem platform, it just leads to a whole raft of opportunities for us. you know starting from the mobility platform I talked about, which can utilize the kind of virtual fleet or uh, the supply network we are building to, to deliver uh, kind of you know end consumer experiences to disrupting the world of insurance, to uh, working with uh, kind of manufacturers to provide vehicles to our supply chain. And, and, you know, I think there's a big um, convergence happening right now with kind of, um, you know, know, more and more flexible uh, kind of uh, ownership of vehicles coming in. So, you know, less and less people are ready to buy vehicles. uh, So car ownership is going down but also the sharing economy is also picking up. And and that's where rentals can play a huge, um, uh, what do you call game changing um, kind of uh, impact. However, today the the rentals are not in that place. It's quite fragmented. Like for example, if you want to go and find something to rent for the day, you have to go to a specific set of businesses or set of uh, operators. If you want to rent for a slightly longer period, uh, you have to go to a set different type of uh, operator. If you want to rent by the hour, you have to go to a different type of operator. So it's very fragmented from a user uh, access perspective. However, we work with all those types of operators. So the network effect would be that the poster platform can deliver all of that in one place. And, and then finally, you know, the, the, all those partnerships um, that we are building will then lead to additional opportunities where uh, going back to the kind of amazon model you know they started off as a online marketplace for uh, you know selling books and other things now they are in aws and uh, you know one of the uh, what do you call um leading best cloud best providers leading cloud providers in, in 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 that space they are moving into uh, content with amazon prime etc so all of that is being done on the base of the foundations of that business so for us I think the the future is about uh, how we can leverage the the foundational network, the foundational technology, the foundational platform to deliver innovation in the mobility um, sector um, and the industry.
0: Yeah, I think the number of times that you quoted Amazon. So the one that I would like to quote is Amazon's flywheel concept, which is exactly what you are trying to embrace. So they are finding something that is useful in a specific place. They are just not contained. They are just moving it across different places, and yes. and that, those best practices are eventually the best practices across the different or array of sectors that they wanted to really plunge in, which is amazing. And yeah. good luck with that. Uh, this, in terms of the future, right? So, electronic vehicles and driverless cars, etc. All the talk of the town, right? So, how are you going to? Uh, think about embracing those in the, the future of costa
1: yeah it's a great question uh, madhu and i think um, it goes back into the heart of our strategy and you know as a person as well i'm, I'm very much conscious of sustainable you know environmental changes and practices building a sustainable car, you know business which um is responsible towards the environment and helps um, in, in you know reducing carbon footprint and can, uh, contributes positively to the environment. So we've actually put that right in the center of our coastal strategy. And, and part of that is in embracing or working with these uh, innovative technologies like elect- electric vehicles. So um, I mean our vision really is um, to be aligned uh, with the kind of smart cities. Um, and sustainable mobility um, goals. Um, And for that, we have kind of beginning of this year's pledge to the uh, UN SME Climate Hub as well, that we want to achieve net zero by 2050 and help our customers uh, do the same. But also from the technology itself, we we already are making those investments to make sure that our platform is able to work with EV technology. I mean, in, in all due honesty, it's actually better because they, uh, the the way the new uh, EVs are, are designed, um, you know, Tesla is a great example. Um, everything is accessible online through APIs, right? So as 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 long as the operate uh, the manufacturers are open to the idea of sharing access to the APIs, it makes our lives much more easier because we can get whole raft of data around how the cars are being run their health monitoring, um, how they are kind of consuming battery technology, where, um, you know, in terms of usage as well, how they're being driven. And then we can also interact with the, with the vehicles, which we do with the kind of traditional, more traditional vehicles through the telematics, uh, etc. But um, we are able to then help with keyless entry to, and, and access and kind of immobilize the vehicle for more. Uh, For any perceived security threat, I think um, the other one, really forward-looking, is kind of um, how we work with um, autonomous vehicles as well, Um, and we have been kind of tracking some of the changes in that. Um, I think uh, going back to Tesla, um, probably there was there was a recent kind of uh, vision from Elon Musk where you know in future uh, he's trying to get people not to own Teslas and it becomes more of a car sharing. Uh, approach where um, they would get a tesla for their journey and then it would be shared between uh, all the users so it's not very different from a kind of a rental model so you can understand the kind of implication and also the potential opportunity for a um, platform like coaster because uh, we can really help with all the connectivity and you know vehicle tracking vehicle Uh, logistics movement because that's part and parcel of what we do on a day-to-day basis for our operators, uh, the fleet operators. And then more importantly, I think where we can really address and and create an opportunity for ourselves is um, a lot of the OEMs or the manufacturers don't have the fleet management, fleet operations experience. We can actually almost use our network to help them with that. So automatically the whole concept of, you know, subscription-based model, uh, yeah. kind of um, redu- flexibility and ownership can actually be handled by com- working with the Coaster Network. And, and in future, we see that going to evolve as as
0: our capability grows. Abi and I have been uh, constantly talking to different people across technology, and we are so excited that we have got absolutely no doubt this data sharing, the API sharing that you're talking about, that's going to come into the eyes of the regulators pretty much soon. And those marrying between the ethics and the risk component of bringing in new technology at the same time being safe is something that will come into play. And it's, it will open up enormous opportunities for people like you and different entrepreneurs who are hungry for innovation. Absolutely.
2: this loved all your answers today. Just one last question. What's your advice for all the aspiring founders now? Just one advice, if you have to give them. Um, I think be bold and think global. At the end of the day,
1: uh, you know, you, you have to be very bold with your with your vision. If you're if you're not thinking big picture, if you're not thinking, you know, uh, benefit across a huge number of users or a huge section
0: of community, I think uh, you'll not be taken seriously. Very good one. Uh, Biz, there's one last thing which is a rapid-fire round which will go on for one minute, max. And we're going to talk about one word or one sentence answers here. Okay. Are you ready for it?
1: Let's go for it. Favourite book? Uh, Hundreds to short stories by O. Henry.
2: Favourite startup founder? I
1: think I've mentioned Amazon quite a few times, uh, Jeff (laughs) (laughs) Bezos.
2: And what makes Biz not
0: sleep?
1: Um, I think it's, uh, it's about those unsolved problems um, which uh, we haven't yet solved uh, for our customers or our partners
2: uh, Inspiring Idea Podcast Great idea Inspirational Thank you Thank so you. much
0: Thank you so much Bispo for being with us today It was great listening to your story the passion and the startup stories and the technology Thank you so much
1: Uh, Thank you guys for having us and uh, Madhu, great to catch up again and uh, good luck with inspiring ideas and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to future episodes of the